0: This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal Cast with your hosts, Woad, Thirsty, and Raptor. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal Cast and YouTube. All right, guys. Welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. Here we are yet again burning the midnight oil. That's what happens with back-to-back GPs and then a Pro Tour GP, whatever. Uh, so, keep it short and simple. This week we're gonna cover two things and somehow still keep it short. We are going to go for how the BNRs have affected things, like this unscheduled BNR. I was at the Pioneer Pro Tour and the Pioneer GP or Pioneer GP this weekend and have some kind of interesting insight from that. And then we're going to get into and this was something we set up ahead of time. Each of us have picked three likely reprints in product at some point this year. Yep. We don't know what the other person has picked. Nope. So we've picked cards and where we think they're going to get reprinted because with the next six months with back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back to back releases, mm-hmm. there's prime opportunities for reprints here. Yes. So
1: so uh, the BNR, this is the, the dead horse. We're going to keep beating because it makes things a little interesting. Uh, on my side of things, because I haven't been vending uh, really since uh, Vegas, I get a lot of the local player aspect of things and the local financier stuff. And for that, the off-cycle banning doesn't leave a lot of people soured on cards, but it makes an environment like mine uh, where a lot of people are hesitant to buy into cards for a format anyway, very hesitant to jump into something like Pioneer without easy access to cards or inexpensive access to cards. Yeah, And it also makes them want to clamor for a banning more th- so than waiting for a response within the format. So uh, as a player it's kind of changed their philosophy within the game and you can kind of see this at large on twitter and facebook where this weekend was inverter and breach and everybody was clamoring for dig through time to be banned well dig through time wasn't a card a month ago it didn't suddenly get printed inverter didn't suddenly get printed breach and thalia's oracle did they didn't necessarily make Dig Through Time any better. Dig Through Time was good in the Jeskai deck. It's good in control. It's a fine card. Yeah. And I'm going to put that in quotes, and I know people are going to dislike that. It's a fine <laughs> card in this format. But when you put a lot of other busted cards in the format, you warp things, then yep. then cards like that that are teetering on the edge are just going to tip over and fall, and fall yeah. into an overpowering stance, an overpowering place in the format. So off-cycle BNRs mean... Those kind of two things to me right now because I'm not really vending. I, I've done a little bit of pioneer trading, ironically, yeah. some digs and some herb borgs. But <laughs> one of those is fine. Yeah. Uh, Actually, it's, fine. It's dig through time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, herb dig through time doesn't combo with cabal coffers. That's all you need to know.
0: <laughs> That's true.
1: It, herb work didn't, oh, sorry, dig through time didn't make an uncommon land
0: $50. That is true
1: but it, uh, it's this hesitancy that I'm seeing from people as well to, to really want to jump into the format because they could buy in and then be it's just dead Yeah it's wasted money yeah you know
0: I that, that was part of my hesitance to get into the format to begin with and anyone like around St. Louis here knows I was like well I'll eventually get into Pioneer once it's like settled yeah And now that you know we don't have BNRs every week I'm a, I, I built a deck I went out and played because like I mean, Maybe we don't. We go two months without a BNR, you know, and then today, uh, Wizards tweeted out that, oh, we don't have a BNR today. In the future, you can expect us to announce the announcement because they still want to do that, even though they don't want to schedule the announcements themselves.
1: Yeah, but.
0: They- whatever
1: you you being at the the MC and, and the the MF this this weekend in Phoenix uh, I asked you to, to bring back a little bit of information from the vendor side of things so what yeah and we had a brief conversation about that and things are a little more dire so uh, on that side because it affects timings
0: yeah so. it's it's a lot uh, so the general feedback is obviously, most vendors want to own cards exactly long enough to turn them into cash. That's how you stay cash flow positive. You want that churn going constantly. You're not long-term specking generally if you're Star City Games, if you're you know Channel Fireball, if you're one of those guys, Card Kingdom. Yeah. So what a lot of vendors have run into is now with these bands, for example. So Buy List in the Room on Thursday, because it was a four-day event. Was I believe the highest in the room was like six or seven dollars on inverter on Thursday Mm -hmm. Uh, It was still six or seven dollars on Friday But by the end of business on Friday that buy list had dropped to almost two dollars as being the general buy list in the room And that's because as the coverage went on as people saw more and more inverter went doing well in the pro tour Vendors started dropping the price because they were like hey everyone's trying to dump these to us We don't want to be stuck with them on Monday Uh, The one of the last star cities I did I was at the booth and we were paying 25 on OCO, and I was like I don't think we should be paying 25. I think we should be paying 10. Mm -hmm. Sure enough We pick up 50 OCOs between 15 to 25 dollars and it's banned on Monday And you're seeing a lot of vendors now trying to basically churn on site Which makes it very difficult after Friday to do because after Friday people have their decks they have what they're going to play in the main events, and they're just crushing sides if they scrub out. Yep. And at that point, they probably have the shell of the deck and need, like, soul Artifact or something. Um, I cannot tell you how many times we got asked for, like, Thought Erasure or Mystical Dispute or soul Artifact or some just random common or uncommon. Yep. Because that's all they need after that point. And a couple of vendors, and you know, unless you have an international connection that will immediately buy list from you, those vendors kept their numbers a little bit higher because at that point, you know, if they're getting six dollars off a buy list, they'll pay five, hoover up a hundred of them and just ship them off for the hundred dollars profit and make it somebody else's problem, yeah, to sell those. Yep. And that's that's their model, and that's fine. But a lot of vendors you're seeing more and more just turning cards down by the end of the weekend. Uh, we were turning down inverters by the end of Sunday because it got to the point where we're like, we have a lot of inverters right now and yeah. we don't want to get caught with our pants down. Yeah,
1: and everybody knows their numbers on certain things and buy list quantities and prices are based on velocity. Yeah. And even if your expected velocity on a card is going to be high coming out of a weekend or higher because it's going to win an event with off-cycle yeah. bannings and the propensity for sometimes velocity to just turn their lasers and fire... Yeah. after an event, holding the bag on something like that, on Oko or um, Inverter, etc., just... It just leads, feels really bad. Yeah, it just becomes a money pit at that point. You just have these um, extra cards to burn and hope that some casual builds an EDH deck around them or they might fall into another format.
0: Yeah. And, excuse me, speaking of, like, you know, that Velocity being involved, at one point when the weekend started... Uh, as an example, buy list on Uro was $25. On Saturday, it reached $35 mm-hmm. that there was a buy list in the room for 35 And then by Sunday, the aggregate buy list had tanked back down to 20 So, And that's an example of the velocity being there that you'll pay more because you can sell it right away. Yep. And then once the velocity died down, even though supply hadn't increased, buy list number dropped because people are dipping, they're out. They just want to get the, rid of their cards and be done.
1: Yeah,
0: they can. Get- That's an example of something nobody thought would be banned. That was just purely velocity. Yes. Because Oro's not really going anywhere. The deck didn't overperform or anything. But then Inverter won the GP. So at that point, that's when you have people saying, look, we're out. Because the consensus, even among vendors, is that Wizards has gotten to the point where they will listen to the whining regardless of how true it is mm-hmm. and that's like if they hear if we hear enough complaints throughout the weekend we're like all right well i'm sure the internet's 10 times louder than this room is so i guess it's done
1: yeah no and, and this will be the, the dead horse again we'll, we'll bring up and beat from yeah. time to time or the the sounding drum will beat from from time to time yeah but uh <laughs> Takes our, we'll take our time and move on to our little thought experiment uh, from this weekend. Alright, so uh, I'll let you go first on this one.
0: Sure. Uh, so my first pick is Oracle of Moldiah. Not in Zendikar, which by the way, one of the few rules we set up for this was like no soul Ring, no Fetchlands, like the obvious ones are gone. Yep. I think Oracle of Moldiah gets reprinted in Spellbook EDH green, from the, the green Vault thing. EDH green, whatever that thing is. Yep. I think yep. we see Oracle. It's needed to happen for a while. We've listed, you know, Bloom Tender and Oracle as the two cards that needed to be reprinted.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Bloom Tender got its reprint in the Mystery Boosters. We're waiting on Oracle. I think it's that.
1: Yep, okay. Um, So, uh, similarly, I'll stick with uh, Big Green and Dumb. Uh, Mana Reflection is my first one. Uh, okay. Yeah. 6 cmc enchantment from shadow that is monoflare flare not just for your lands but for your permanence as well so it's, all, yeah. it's a little more important right um this one's kind of unique it's got a, an over 30 dollar price tag but it's a shadow more rare so it's just population wise pretty unique and hard to find yeah if it were going to be reprinted it's most likely going to be reprinted at a rare not a mythic um, because this is it is debatable, yes, uh, but it is probably one of the worst monoflare effects, uh, unlike Zendikar Resurgent, which has the additional uh, creature trigger. Yeah. It still costs the same amount, but uh, doubles your your permanence, not just your lands. And then the comparison immediately is Nick's Bloom Ancient, which is a yeah. mythic that costs just one green more than yep. mono Reflections. It comes with a 7-7 uh, body that also has trample yeah. and doesn't just double, it triples.
0: Triples, right? yeah. So, and I think the body is what pushes that to Mythic for Limited. Yes. Because Mana Reflection in Limited is not good.
1: Exactly, this is not a Mythic level uh, reprint. My expectation is, uh, this is either in the Green Commander product, so the same thing you mentioned, or most likely uh, following that, a Master Set. And I believe more likely the Master Set, uh, because this is a price tag based on uh, scarcity, not utility. And you can yeah. actually check the EDH Rec information for this, where Oracle of Moldiah is played at, I believe, twice the rate that Mono Reflection is, if you just search for the cards. Um, it has a huge pull and allure for any product it's going to be in. And if they're looking to just push master sets out the door, that's, you know, what you got to do. That's they're, where they're going to do it. Yeah, there is the kicker on this that. Vendors might just scoop up the product themselves to crack and sell for singles. But sure. going to do that anyway. The other part that leads me to believe this would be master set, a master set in the future, not just the, the green EDH thing is that this is a decent playable in a master set that has a high, a uh, decent top end. Modern masters yeah. two had Karn liberated and apocalypse Hydra and the ramp deck. I actually did get a chance to draft and play it and it worked out very well so great. this is not a card that will destroy a limited environment if put into master set it can actually thrive there so for yeah. me mono reflections would be or mono reflections sorry singular would be uh, my first card to see in a reprint
0: so my second card is one that was actually printed fairly recently okay. but it's one that i think wizards is going to try to pull with. ring with okay. uh, and that is arcane signet I think that we see that in either the commander draft thing that they have coming out or one of the million commander products that are coming out this year. Uh, Arcane Signet is something that should realistically, similar to Soul Ring, go in just about any EDH deck you have. Uh, Adding one color of your commander's color, color identity, especially in a partner format, is obscene. Yes. And I think it's the type of thing that they really like to see. In those products because especially in a commander draft product Mm -hmm. they want as much fixing as possible so i could even see this sticking at common and something like that
1: yeah i i think this is exactly like you started with it's going to get the solar ring treatment if it's not in a commander product like that it might just stick to the brawl decks and let that format have let that quote-unquote format have its own special thing but uh that that i can see and and i would understand Uh, i'll keep along with the artifact theme though uh my next one was uh, Sensei's Divining Top.
0: Oh, yeah. That needs
1: it bad it, it, it does, and m- my last point of order here will pretty much give you a decent reason why. So, Sensei's Divining Top uh, was in Champions of Kamigawa, it was in Eternal Masters, upshifted to Rare, and it was from the Vault Exiled, mm-hmm. where it uh, kept its old art, but got a, uh, a FTV foiling, so to speak. Um, so, the price tag for the from the vault. Actually, I'll just make it my first point. Is forty-five dollars for this card. <laughs> it is probably one of the only from the vaults that is in that foiling that is more expensive than the original in non-foil. Aside from yeah.
0: Soul Ring and Pedal. But uh, memory I don't Jar. Really count. Oh yeah, Memory Jar is also
1: yeah, because it's reserve list. Yeah. And Chrome mocks I me. Mean, there's like a ha- a very small number where the foil version from From the Vault is more expensive than the the Click set version. Foil. Yeah. Yeah. And it's surprising because people hate that foiling style. It's it so is, bad. It is terrible. I don't have an example on me because all of mine are still in From the Vaults, but they warp very quickly and they feel super waxy. If you have one, that'd be dope. Yeah, you can see how the the way it flashes. It just
0: yeah, it's, it's like a giant sticker on this thing. Yeah, it just, the... like, peels off. It's
1: we can, we can have words about Tanglewire later. Uh, <laughs> but this is a card that just sits in almost every EDH deck. This is a card that uh, still is played in Vintage. Yeah. It has no place in Legacy because it was banned, and it's only gone up since the banning.
0: Yeah, because EDH demand.
1: Yep, and my uh, expectation... Was is actually a little different. I I could actually see this in a secret layer if they wanted to go back and do some weird artifact or a legendary theme. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think the top is part of the storyline to Kamigawa block, but that doesn't mean that they won't do a small FTV with relics of some sort. Yeah. Uh, if if they want, but that would only if be if they wanted to keep the mystique of Sensei's divining top, what it is, thus keeping the population low. Yeah. If not, then this is just a straight master set, and I honestly like they upshifted it to rare for limited play. I would say if they just push it back out at uncommon,
0: yeah, that would that's do fine.
1: wonders for this card. There's no. Yeah. Just get it out there. It, it was fifteen dollars until it started winning in Legacy, and, yeah,
0: and then took
1: off. Yeah. Now it's thirty after a banning. Like, come on.
0: Yeah, I. It doesn't seem. Realistic, consi- if it was just constructed play, but again, casuals drive the market. Casual formats drove that price up. Yep. All
1: right. So, what you got for me for the last one?
0: So, my last one, uh, and this is one that I think you mentioned secret layers. Uh, I think this is pretty inevitable, especially at the rate that we seem to be getting these. We just got Year of the Rat, and then we're getting a new one announced in three days on Valentine's Day or
1: something. Yeah.
0: Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Not not Mountain Goat. Uh, my pick is actually Lightning Bolt. Okay. I think that it's something that they want to reprint because it keeps a little bit of focus on older formats, and I don't think they want it in standard. But it's a card that sells, mm-hmm. it's a card that always has value, and it's a card that they can print into the ground and will always have some element of value to it. Yeah. And I think it's something that they want to commission new artwork for, even though we just had the GP. It seems like they're trying to, you know, spam these products as much as possible. Why not try to get another print of lightning bolt? It was out there.
1: Kind of impressive that uh, Secret Layer's explosion sounds wasn't more red spells. It was all just goblins. Yeah, and that that seemed like the giveaway was just going to be like, detonate and things like things that actually go boom not actually
0: explode like that's i we didn't even get goblin grenade
1: yeah i like f no was not ftv um premium deck series fire and lightning is like the siren song of lightning bolt that that's exactly the kind of product that we want to put this in but another master set is all is also a good place to put this yeah not just i i like the idea of the secret layer for brand new art I like the idea of a master set. Just to remind people that this is a card and here you go. Yeah, you can have foil exactly. lightning bolts on the cheap. Again, you don't have to, to worry. All right. Uh, my last card before I, I go into my honorable mentions is uh, yeah. Fabricate.
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, Fabricate. a uncommon that's done nothing but grow over time but never oh. get reprinted. I mean, it yeah. has, but uh, so I'm using... Uh, that a little ironically. Geirden, <laughs> M10, and the original Plane Chase. Those were oh, th- it wasn't
0: Plane Chase. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Those yeah. were the three times Fabricate was printed. It's always okay. been an uncommon. That's yeah. fine. This is not a card that generally breaks anything because it just puts the artifact into your hand. There's a dry- It's yeah. not Tinker. Yeah. So... My expectation for this, because I don't think this is a card that needs a $5 price tag at mm-hmm. all, would it be a master set first and foremost, something with a little yep. bit of a, an affinity or artifact matters themes, or you could slide it into a commander deck because this is just a low population uncommon that has yeah. a high playability rate. So the more you put some out there and it's not really going to destroy the value of a commander deck and vendors aren't going to want to just crack them for fabricates. Yeah. I think it's a safe reprint. Uh, in either of those locations and this is it wasn't in the brea deck right that was the four color artifact commander yeah yeah uh, that why i don't know you know they never do that that's a good question yeah but they just kind of forgot about that card after m10 it seems uh yep but the mm, so that's it i like that we for the most part we stayed separate on theme except for my honorable mentions Honorable... I'm, I'm
0: curious to hear yours. I, I have two honorable mentions myself. So
1: My honorable mentions are, are, are Oracle of Moldiah and Bloom Tender. For the oh, exact yeah. same reasons.
0: Yeah. I just absurd EDH. Mm-hmm. It needs to happen.
1: So, uh, But uh, the reason I don't think they're going to get a reprint uh, outside of a master set yeah. would be because the play pattern for Oracle of Moldiah is terrible. Reveal top that's card fair. of your library. We yeah, saw this with, with Corsair of Crew Fix. It created a hellscape for standard. Yeah, that's true. And maintaining game state. So yeah. I, I can see it I can see them both in the master set, but not in really anything else. A very small, limited environment. Uh, I doubt I if they put them in the green commander thing, I think this is the kind of card that ticks the box of vendors holding them to crack for singles. <clears throat> because that's fair, yeah. That keeps the population low. Yeah. And I think you might same thing with mono reflections, it's the same exact reason. I think it's a very dangerous yeah. place to put these kind of hallmark cards that have a price based on rarity, not necessarily utility because then they won't get into the hands of the public. Yeah. But on the other and hand, it
0: incentivizes vendors like you said to just hold onto them forever yeah. and never let them out into the wild.
1: But it is huge draw to whatever product you slap them in. Yep. So if you put Oracle in a master set at Mythic, Bloom Tender at Mythic, or uh, maybe rare for Bloom Tender, because it'd probably be pretty terrible in a limited format, I think it's perfectly yeah. fine to get them all out in a master set coming up.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that Wizards cares too much about like those cards in limited, and it lets them run it as a cash cow, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to have They're something.
1: Fun. You got to have something that that draws people, right? And it can't yeah. just be Tarmogoyf anymore. That was the Allure of Modern Masters. One was like Tarmogoyf, Vendelian Click, Dark Confidant, and then... Lily, for...
0: Chalice, and those don't matter. Anymore. Yeah, and then for they two... just don't matter.
1: For two, it was like Tarmogoyf, Dark Confidant, Karn. Those are the only cards I remember. Yeah. And then three was the Fetchlands. And somewhere in there was, I think, Blood Moon, City of Brass, Glimmer Void, Arcbound Ravager, uh, Mox Opal.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's it. That's like all I remember. They're all, for the most part, Mythics or Mythic quality cards. Yeah, And these would be memorable in those kind of sets. So,
0: My biggest honorable mention was Aether Vial because it's been too long since we've had a reprint of that card and then Eternal Witness was the other one.
1: Uh, uh, we're, we getting had, a, we're getting a reprint yeah. Aether Vial. Isn't it Judge Art?
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, I not not Judge Art. Like in a mass-produced set, I would expect to see Aether Vial sometime yeah. this but, year. But, but yes, we are getting a Judge Aether Vial.
1: Okay. Um, this art?
0: And then Eternal Witness, just that card is basically reprint-proof, and it's something that they love as an effect for casual formats. Yeah. So I expect to see it.
1: Yeah, let me put this up real quick. Yeah, it is... No, it's a PTQ, or whatever. It's listed as PQ. Oh, wild yeah, fire. the PPTQ, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what the, uh, right. the art is, just not judge. Yeah. So we'll put more copies out there. Um, it's not going to have the Arcbound Ravager effect where it just crashes the market on the card.
0: No, it's a casual card. Yeah, because it, it is. Well, it's not just a casual card. It sees play in every eternal format and is a casual card.
1: Yes. So, uh, Ravager just wasn't doing much at the time. It was in the Heart yeah. and Scales deck, maybe, but that was during uh, Hogak Era Modern.
0: Yeah, and which now, was a rough
1: time. Yeah, and now with uh, Mox Opal gone, and that banning affected only the card Arcbound Ravager, not the card, not the cards Urza or Emry, as predicted uh we'll, we'll probably never see ravager again so yeah but vile goes in every tribal deck yep slivers merfolk humans maybe goblins and modern if that ever yeah. comes around right all right
0: well picks.
1: yes let's get out on over to picks. all right so i'm gonna go uh first end with a card i mentioned last week so yeah. last week i talked about the card spoils of the vault And I talked about it in the context of uh, Thassa's Oracle because they go well together. Uh, And I wasn't quite sure things would pick up, and I watched a little bit, and then some results started to pour in on MTG Top 8. However, it was the same player, basically, for the last two months. And then somebody else came by, and then this past weekend at Star City Philly, uh, somebody by the name of William Moody... Uh, came in second at the classic in Philly with an ad nauseum deck, featuring Spoils yeah. of the Vault, and people are now going back to the well with Thassa's Oracle and Spoils of the Vault, cutting ad nauseum altogether from the deck to streamline it a little bit. Yeah. Why? Because you can actually win on turn two.
0: Yep, sure can.
1: So Lance, so if on uh, it requires everything you have, all parts of the Buffalo it's yeah. land Simeon spirit guide into pentad prism and i'll bring that one up so people can see it so land simian spirit guide pentad prism land thas's oracle angel's grace in response to the trigger spoils of the vault in response to the, the the oracle trigger and then you just name a card that does not exist in your deck flip your deck win
0: boom
1: done that's seven out of eight cards seven or seven out of nine you know whatever you are on the player draw. When uh, I looked it up originally, it was 86 cents. I just brought up stocks, and it's basically uh, the same price there. And you're not seeing a whole lot of action on it yet because people are still working on the deck. It's not quite popular enough to really have come around in the Star City events. People who play this deck are maniacs. That's just. Yep. Yeah. The people that stick to this deck are just maniacs. But the moment somebody kind of breaks it a little bit, and cuts ad nauseum out like the testing is showing is not a bad idea, streamlines it a little bit, ensures you can go off sometime reliably between turns two and five with a little bit of protection, with a minimal amount of mana required to do this, because Angel's Grace yep. only costs one. Phyrexian Unlife, and I'll bring that one up as well, because that's a weird one. Yeah. It's an enchantment that costs three. So you're really only looking at three for Unlife, two for Thassa's Oracle, and one for Spoils of the Ball, so six mana total across any number of turns. Pretty rough. Yeah, and you're good. You can So you can do that turn three, turn four reliably.
0: Maniacs all.
1: All. So we're not seeing any movement on the, the regular just yet from Mirrodin, which is the one uh, I got into and I would recommend getting into. Yeah. We are seeing movement, however, on the UMA version because that one just cratered. That yeah. was like 30 some cents last week or the week before for a couple of days. And the price have come back up on that a little bit. But the foils of both have started creeping. Yeah. Uma foil started at about a dollar and are now up to 150, which is not a whole lot, but that is sustained growth over the last two weeks. Yeah. And the foil for Myriden jackknifed.
0: Yeah. Now the cheapest is like three something with $3 shipping.
1: Yep, so a jackknife from about $5.25 up to about $8-ish. Maybe that's uh, this morning when that last run. Yeah. So if the foils will eventually tag this along, there's no reason to have a four times multiplier on this, so we should see spoils itself head up to north of $2. At that point it'll hit buy lists and getting in under a dollar is going to be your sweet spot. Yeah i did uh the other reason i got into this and nobody could explain why the answer i got on twitter was not fucking helpful at all why in japan was spoils of the vault between two and four times more expensive last week on sites and buy lists and yeah modern was the answer that i got and that just Didn't make sense because there was only that one person putting up numbers. It just didn't look right. But there is an environment out there that sustains this price for a card that is fringe playable and modern right now, looks to be coming up pretty quickly, and is a fringe player in older formats, Legacy and Vintage. It is a card in both of those locations. Technically works worse than Diabolic Consultation or Demonic Consultation.
0: Which is a fifteen dollar card, thanks to EDH.
1: Yep. Spoils does something similar but slightly different. Yeah. Than consultation. But it definitely has a positive price trend, and getting in now, probably for the next month or two, is going to be the sweet spot. Uh, when we head yeah. into like modern season in the next couple of weeks, and we start running into modern uh, Magic Fest instead of Pioneer yeah. Magic Fests. Yeah. So. And this I
0: think cool. once this gets like cam, like actual camera time, it's going to be much, much quicker to hit the uptick.
1: Oh, absolutely! Just like I think Unearthed did at a, a Vegas GP when somebody watched, uh, yeah, Joe Lossett play Snapcaster Mage, Unearth my other Snapcaster Mage, cast something else ridiculous, yeah, Unearth from Urz's Legacy, just went, yep, like immediately doubled.
0: Just takes a little bit of coverage. That's yep. it.
1: Yep, so that, that, that's where I am, and that's where I am on Spoils of the Vault. This is probably going to be, like I said, a, a, a month to two kind of draw on this card, and then out she goes.
0: Uh, mine is quite the opposite. We're talking like a year or more for a return on mine. I'm thinking like Triumph of the Hordes level like time that it takes for this, and it's Claim the Firstborn. It is a one-mana Threaten effect for creatures with CMC three or less. Untap it, it gains haste, whatever. So Throne was opened into the ground. We all know that, it's not a secret. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Threaten effects are casual fodder. That's fine, this card's an uncommon, it's not pauper legal. But we're getting more and more and more and more incredibly efficient, Really dumb creatures that cost three mana or less. You know what this card steals? Uro. And while you don't get the ETB trigger, you do get to swing with that body, which in a red deck can make a huge difference. Because you know what sucks against red decks? Gaining three life. But when you're swinging with a 6-6, it's probably fine.
1: Yeah. And that's the the primary roadblock. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In a format that doesn't have a card like Chain to the Rocks, like we did in the last Theros format, which just costs one white and allows you to exile a creature. um, Yeah. It is a decent answer to a big dummy on the other side, especially if you can just punch through the win right then.
0: Yeah. And I think that it'll either be short term, where you'll see it and pop up in all the red decks all of a sudden, or, like I said, it'll be a long term thing, where, like, in a year or two, people start realizing this is a card and. If the CEDH boom continues, this becomes one of the preeminent removals and ways to combo off. Because if your opponent has, like, a Thrasios out, and you have one mana mm-hmm. instead of two, that frees up an extra mana to get that effect from something else. Yeah. Because stealing your Thrasios and then going off with Dram Scepter seems pretty decent. I just think it'll be a little bit before it catches on.
1: It's kind of interesting yeah they've reduced the price on this all the way down from three to one and you can steal so many premiere cards right now yeah with this
0: i even with the three or less restriction it's yeah. obscene
1: hold on oh you can steal phyrexian dreadnought
0: yeah you can <laughs> it's pretty pretty great
1: <laughs> that is Not a thing I talk about often, but every now and then I wonder how you can cheat this card into play. But apparently you can just straight steal it for one mana.
0: Yep. Oh, nice red knot. I'm going to take it.
1: Yep. It's got
0: haste. Uh, Not to mention, if you have a way to sacrifice the creature or whatever, which is pretty common in EDH, you'd be able to have some shenanigans there. That's what I
1: expect more of, yeah. Or some way to actually... I I checked because I can never never remember if Isochron Scepter also imprints sorceries. TLDR does not only instance. Yep. yep. But I'm Man. sure there's a way you could just continue to recur this thing. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's EDH, right?
0: But yeah, that's mine. It's no. easy. It's 10 cents. Get in for as many as you can.
1: It wouldn't be the first time that we've been able to ride a common to the, or uncommon to the moon. Like Wild Slash was a $4 uncommon in standard for a very long time. <clears throat>
0: And now it's a $4 card again. Thanks, yeah. Pioneer.
1: So all it takes is just a little push on some of this stuff, some of the cards that are just, like, dig through time, just teetering and just yeah. that push over the edge, and they're, they're gone. So yeah. it's definitely interesting. The red decks have kind of disappeared in Standard, so I'm curious if this can help bring them back a little bit. You know. Yeah. If you want to make a big we'll old creasers, that's fine.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll get you with it. oh uh, I definitely like it as an experiment. Because anybody who hasn't played that game before with commons or on commons will look extremely powerful. This is definitely something you can get into and, yeah. and learn a little bit a little learn a little bit about and learn the timing on.
0: Yeah, and that's this you know, like like I said, I think it's a long term like Triumph of the Hordes was bulk. And then all of a sudden now it's a ten dollar non foil. Yeah. Because overrun with infect is pretty good in the format.
1: Mm-hmm the The other interesting thing is that uh, Card King does have a, bu- a buy price on the foil. Huh. It is basically bulk rare price, eight cents cash, ten cents credit.
0: That's still not bad. No. for an in print standard uncommon.
1: Yep, which if the TCG market uh, values on stocks is to be believed is about a quarter of the price. So. Yep i, I like it and like i said i think this is a, a good time for people to experiment with the, the common uncommon game if they haven't done it before so yeah good good choice with that one but Thanks, that yo. is uh gonna be it for us this week guys uh, it's nearly 1 a.m we definitely have to go worldwide. yeah
0: deuces yes but, i gotta um, be up in five hours
1: yeah well, <laughs> well you know we'll see you guys next week you know keep keep watching the youtube videos keep giving us comments there throw some comments on on itunes we don't care about the likes we just want to know about uh what, what you, you guys want to see in here yep absolutely um but i've been at halt i am reptar you've been
0: at thirsty sizzler
1: we are at mtg cabalcast on twitter on patreon on itunes on soundcloud no not soundcloud i hate that service stitcher that's the one. yeah stitcher that's the one and i think we own our yeah. channel on youtube now so we do yep we'll see you guys next week deuces